The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. And welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of Underdog Podcasts. And uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Stream us on YouTube at youtube.com slash theunderdog. You can find segments of this. You're listening, as usual, to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Just dragging ass. Yeah, dragging me too. Um, I've been looking, uh, you know, my, my life is all about the NFL these days and, uh, and uploading videos to YouTube and submitting posts, podcasts to Underdog. I've been on uh, Bavada Sportsbook for, you know, pretty much the entire first part of the week. We're recording this this week on a Wednesday. I'm uh, going to be going through the power rankings. I want to talk to Sam a little bit about um, the NBA opening night. And then, uh, you know, I also want to talk about the guys trip uh, that never was, at least for me. So, uh, <laughs> Sam... I tell you what. Why don't we just uh, let me let me start with the um, the power rankings. We'll air that tape. I, I pre-record these, so we'll air that tape now. And it is time for our NFL power rankings for Week Eight. Um, I noticed that there are eleven teams with two losses or less. Uh, this season, so I actually made this a top 11 list. Um, there are a lot of three-loss teams who I like, and I want to give some respect to quickly. Uh, Houston, who Bavada has at plus 3,000 to win the Super Bowl. Oakland, who's at plus 8,000. Dallas, who's at plus 1,600. Arizona, who's at plus 15,000. And uh, LA, the the Rams at plus 1,800. I want to give those all teams uh, respect. I'm definitely watching them. But this one was easy. There's 11 teams with two losses or less, so let me just talk about the teams with the best records in the league. Um, tied at number 10. We'll just start, and we'll go from 10 to 1 here. Tied at number 10 um, is Seattle and Carolina. Seattle coming off a loss. Carolina, who's off a bye week. Uh, Seattle, according to Bovada, is at plus 2,500, and Carolina is at plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. I like, you know, obviously, Russell Wilson. Um, I like Seattle a little bit more uh, than I do like in Carolina. Carolina's defense is a little bit further along, and they have Christian McCaffrey. Seattle, I like what they're doing in the run game. Uh, Chris Carson's very good, uh, and I like these receivers. Uh, losing Will Disley and him going on the IR, that really sucks, but Jacob Hollister, keep an eye out for him. I think he's pretty good. He looks pretty good, um, and uh, he's an under-the-radar guy, so if you're really desperate for a waiver wire claim, he's somebody who's on my waiver wire pickups list uh, video for uh, Week 8. Now, in Carolina, I, I don't know... Um, you know, Carolina has a tough matchup against San Francisco this week. Obviously, if they win that game, they will be on the list. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup um, for them, but it's also going to be a tough matchup for San Francisco. I like how these teams actually match up. I think it's going to be a very good game, so stay tuned there. Number nine on my list uh, is the Minnesota Vikings, who Bovada has at plus 1,800 to win the Super Bowl. You can't ignore what Kirk Cousins is doing. He was coming under a lot of criticism. Um, these last three weeks, he's played exceptionally well. Now he's going to be under the lights in a short week against his former team in Washington um, on Thursday night. Now everything is pointing to uh, Minnesota winning this game. I actually think that they're, according to Bovada, was like plus 16, po- or I'm sorry, minus 16 points. Um, I think Washington's going to cover that spread. Um, nothing in my analytics are telling me that. 
I know I'm crazy, but I know these. I know this Washington team, and I know Kirk Cousins well from having followed Washington back in the day. And this just is like kind of game that Cousins would struggle in. Now Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota defense should run away with it, and Minnesota should have an easy game. But 16 points that seems like a lot to me. Number eight on my list is the Indianapolis Colts, who are plus 2,500 after our defeat or their defeat of uh, the Houston Texans. Their defeat, not our defeat. I'm not affiliated, and I don't care that they won. Uh, but they did um, take care of business against Houston, who I think is also very good, as I mentioned at the top of the show there. Um, but, you know, they're uh, atop the division, and I like what Frank Reich is doing, and Jacoby Brissett looks like he could be a Pro Bowl quarterback by the end of the season. He's very, very good. Um, the hangover from Andrew Luck retiring is uh, lessening, so good for Indianapolis. I'm happy for the Colts fans. Um, you know, that would have sucked if it derailed their season, but they definitely look like a playoff caliber team. Number seven on my list, moving up slightly from last week, is the Buffalo Bills, who, according to Bovada, are at plus 3,500. Now, I like um, the Buffalo Bills. I like what they're doing offensively, but this is a defensive team. Um, their offense does enough to win games. They're the team that has given the Patriots the most trouble. I don't think they even give up a touchdown offensively in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Patriots' lone touchdown might have been like a punt return um, or something like that, or a punt block, if I, if memory serves. But, you know, Buffalo's very good. They're going to give teams a lot of trouble. I have a feeling that they might struggle a little bit with Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia has talent, and their backs are against the wall. We'll see. I mean, if Buffalo throttles them, um, they're going to move up in my rankings again because I really think Philadelphia is going to bring it this game. And if Buffalo can can come out and cover the spread and win the game, man, that's, that says a lot about that team. So good for Buffalo. Number six on my list coming off of victory um, against Seattle is Baltimore at plus 1,600, according to Bavada. I like uh, what the Ravens are doing. Um, they can run the ball, and their defense is better. You know, I liked what Marcus Peters brought to this defense last week. Peters scored a couple of touchdowns. Now, he's not going to do that every week. But just having that good um, cover corner on the other side, that's going to make this Ravens defense look a little bit more like we're used to seeing Ravens defense look like. Um, I want to see um, Lamar Jackson throw a little more, but Marquise Brown has been hurt in recent weeks, and let's face it, uh, Mark Andrews dropped a lot of passes last week, and they, and Baltimore still won. So good for them. That's why Baltimore shot ahead of Seattle. That's why um, you know they're they're inching back up in this list. I've liked Baltimore all year. I'm not even sure if they've ever fallen off this list. Um, they're very very good. Number five on this list, Kansas City. Now I flirted with moving Baltimore ahead of them, but since Kansas City won earlier earlier in the year in their matchup, I didn't think that would be fair. Kansas City is at plus nine fifty according to Bavada. Now, Patrick Mahomes is hurt, but it looks like they um, they got really lucky and he's not going to be out for a super long time. I uh, I believe he's practicing in limited capacity. I saw that news this, uh, this week. That's great news for Chiefs fans, but having Green Bay come into town um, with... Uh, with Patrick Mahomes out, that's not great. But don't underestimate Andy Reid and his ability to game plan. He, you know, had the Thursday night game, so he's had some extra time to prepare for this Green Bay team. It could be a closer game than people think. I think Green Bay's favored by five and a half, um, or they were the last time I looked. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that game. If Kansas City loses, I'm not going to freak out on them. I might bump them down a little bit in the rankings, but you know this is a team that uh, you know Patrick Mahomes is the leader of that team. But hey, there's a team ahead of Kansas City on this list that lost their quarterback, and they're doing pretty good. Uh, number four on this list is uh, at this point we're getting into I think probably my 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 big uh, championship team caliber 
uh, teams. So like Kansas City, I think Baltimore can win the Super Bowl. Buffalo, I'm not quite sure that they're there yet. So I'm down to like six to eight teams or something to go in the Super Bowl. But number four on my list is San Francisco. According to Bovada, they are at plus 1,000 to win the Super Bowl. So their odds are um, diminishing, which means um, you know their odds are getting better and better that they will win the Super Bowl. Um, look, their defensive line has been great. I've been talking about them since like week two. Um, their defensive line has, is great. Um, they're, um, it, my only question mark is how efficient is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be? Well, they just traded for Emmanuel Sanders, and that's going to add another dimension onto this team that's talented everywhere. They're a very, very serious team. I can't wait till they start to get into some of these AFC, I'm sorry, the NFC West battles. Or they're going to have to deal with Seattle. They're going to have to deal with the Rams and the the Cardinals, um, who I showed some love to at the beginning. Of this. The Cardinals could very easily be four and two. Remember, they have that overtime tie against Detroit to start the year, and Detroit's not a bad team either. Um, Arizona's on a tear. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting division. I can't wait till these division, um, you know, these NFC West foes start banging heads against each other. Number three on my list is uh, the Green Bay Packers, plus nine hundred according to Bovada to win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, we saw Aaron Rodgers last week just go crazy. This team can beat you with defense. This team can beat you with running. This team can beat you with passing. When you can beat teams in all those ways, that's good. Now, one of my question marks going into that Raiders game last week is how quickly will you know uh, head coach Matt LaFleur deviate from his game plan um, if it's not working? Like, How adaptive can he be? How can he adjust? And he showed me a lot. I was very impressed. I think this is the first game that I watched um, from beginning to end live for Green Bay. Um, I watch all the games, but this is the first one I watched live beginning to end for Green Bay, and very, very impressive, Um, so I bumped them up quite a bit in the rankings. Number two on my list this week is the New Orleans Saints, um, plus 550 according to Bovada to win the Super Bowl. Uh, The Saints have been going on a tear without Drew Brees. Drew Brees is questionable. He might play this week. Um, This is a team that I think could give New England fits, one of the very few. They have a, a, a defensive pass rush that can get to Tom Brady with four. Um, they have, um, you know, a cornerback that can lock down somebody on the outside. They play really good run defense. Like they have good answers for what the Patriots do well. The question is, what can they do offensively against this Patriots defense? Well, they have some answers there too. I mean, Drew Brees is good. They have Mike Thomas. They have Kamara when he's healthy. This is going to be an interesting, um, you know, an interesting matchup if that matchup were to happen. And number one on my list, no surprise here, it's New England, who have, according to Bovada at this point, are plus two forty to win the Super Bowl. Um, they dismantled New York on Monday night. That wasn't really a surprise. Now, their, their schedule is going to start getting tougher. We're going to see some other games. The best team that they've played so far is Buffalo, and they kind of squeaked out with that win. Um, I think it was 16-10, to 10, if memory serves. So that one is going to be, uh, you know, the, the Patriots, are they going to go undefeated? Probably not. Um, you know, I know there's some buzz. That's why I'm saying that. Probably nobody's going to go undefeated. Again, it's really tough to do, but New England, man, they're really, really good. Um, they're a sound football team. Uh, they're good at everything they do, except for extra points <laughs> this season. But, um, but you know, they'll uh, they'll get that righted as well. I mean, th- what can you say about them? You know, I'm looking forward. I hope Mahomes is back at full strength in December when when the the Patriots play the Chiefs, and uh, we'll see what happens there. But there you go. There's another episode, or there's another uh, rankings uh, power rankings. If you agree, disagree, please comment um, if you're watching this on YouTube. For everybody who's listening to this on the podcast, once again, it's um, 
youtube.com slash the underdog t-h-e underdog the underdog um and uh yeah check us out we're growing and uh it's exciting and you know i i'm as interactive as i can be i've been spending all day today replying to things on uh, youtube and reddit and all that stuff so check us out and we appreciate it and then uh for our podcast listeners back to the show and we're back new england patriots again buddy you can't go against them can you no man they're uh they're uh they're looking good, bro. I was traveling a lot of days Sunday, so I didn't get to see. And what did they did they play Monday night? They played Monday night. My, my days are all my days are all. I know what they played the Jets, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Dominated, dominated yeah. once again. Shut out. My days are all messed up. So yeah. yeah. So um, let me uh, let me let me take you. Let me paint the picture for our uh, for our audience here. So Sam and I uh, we we teased this. We are in Asheville. Um, um, well, we were supposed to be in Asheville. We were supposed to be in Asheville. Uh, Asheville on um, th- over the weekend for a guy's trip uh, with Gooch Givens and Steve the Basket Weaver. And we, um, it, it, it came to the point on, I think I was flying on on Thursday, so it came to the point on Wednesday where I checked in for the flight. Lo and behold, I had booked the flight for November. So I was like, oh, crap. And I live in Chicago, in the west um, suburbs of Chicago. And I thought, oh, crap, what's the drive? And I looked, and the drive is if you leave at the right time of day, it's like, you know, it can be 10 hours, it can be 12 hours. So I'm just like, okay. So get in the car, and um, I leave the house. My wife comes home early from work so I can get out. And I leave the house at about 2.30, maybe 2.40. And it takes me... Um, it takes me two and a half hours to make it about 40 to 45 minutes worth of road. And I'm looking at my GPS and every time I look at my GPS, it has me delayed another hour, another hour, another hour. And it's basically somebody on freaking 294 and 80, um, on, um, you know, on that eastward bound route. I don't know what, I don't know what, Sam, it's, it's highway driving. All you literally, all you have to do is pay attention and hold on to the wheel. It's, it's the easiest driving. And yet there was an accident that completely gridlocked the whole um, uh, highway in Chicago. And I had already dealt with a half hour to a 45 minute delay in getting there. And then I see the gridlock and I just couldn't get anywhere. I don't even think I got out of the state of Illinois. Um, And that's not a far drive for me. And I was, I was heated. I was, yeah, you sounded, you sounded pretty pissed. I was so, so mad. And it's, it's just one of those things like, okay, accidents are going to happen on the highway. You deal with these these traffic delays. But what in the world happens to where they shut down an entire highway? It's just uh, – and if you had to be something, man. If you're, and if you live in Chicago, you know that you're already dealing with construction. Like this state, this state – I have never met anybody in this state that can hang on to their money. I, truly, I can't. <laughs> and you look at this state and every time I look around, there's um, you know, there's a union that's demanding more money and then the state's just like, okay, here you go. And then there's always, always construction. If you, it, we're hopelessly in debt as a state. If you want to save some money, how about don't have every single road in the city under construction every year? You don't – there's no – and it's not like they're widening the roads, Sam. They're like repaving them. If they're widening <laughs> the roads to, to like to alleviate some of the traffic, I can de- – that's something I can get behind. Right. But to repave the roads every year, 
Uh, Give me a break. Give me a break. Drives me crazy. But anyway, I didn't get to go. So how was the trip, Sam? You did not get to go, man. We were we were bummed. I I received word from you while we were waiting to get on a plane. Yeah, I had to give you a call. I I call I called you like I was just like I I I can't. I wasn't moving on the highway, and I was like, and then my GPS. So you know, driving there, driving back, my GPS had me arriving there at like four in the morning, and on top of that. The, the traffic jam was getting later and later. I probably, honestly, Sam, wouldn't have gotten there until 6 in the morning. And then to drive back on Sunday, it just wouldn't yeah. have been able to happen. Uh, like, I would nah, have been so would have exhausted. You would have had to sleep pretty much all day Friday. No, I get it, man. Yeah. It, it, was, it, definitely was, it was definitely a bummer. Definitely He did. So, anyway, I apologize for not making it. But how, how was the trip other than that? It was good, man. You know, we got in, we got in late uh, Thursday after we had to pick Gooch up from the airport. Um and so we're, you know, first thing first, you know, we're driving, you know, we finally get to our destination area and we start getting back into the, you know, redneck woods areas mm. and stuff. And we start driving up our little mountain. And you, you, I know you saw like we, we got the um, directions that were changed on us like last minute, you know, from the homeowners right. that are like, oh, it used to be called this, but now it's called this. So right. we're trying to find this at you know, close to 1 a.m. in the dark. Um, <laughs> and I'm and, sure there aren't any streetlights because it was probably a remote oh, cabin, right? Oh, no, no, no. It's all, you know, it's all cabins and <laughs> mountains and, yeah. you know, you really can't see much. So we finally, you know, find the right little side street that we're supposed to be. Well, it's just a gravel road that we're going down. And then we're getting up to our, you know, we're like, all right, we think we, we're getting close. And we, we're getting close. And then there's this big branch in front of our like we can't keep driving (laughs) so i'm like all right this is a horror movie and uh you know so me and gooch give out and we start you know breaking apart this branch this big you know big branch at one in the morning and it's cold you know um Steve's, you know, the basket weaver's filming us just in case, you know, something sucks us into the woods. Was he, like, live streaming? <laughs> like, no, nah, not live streaming, just catching he... it all on video. Yeah. <laughs> and so we finally break that apart. You know, there's no lights on at the house. We're trying to figure out, you know, they got the little key thing on the thing. And Brian's right. like, well, Gooch is like, oh, what's the uh, box number? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, typical Gooch stuff. So, yeah. whatever. We had a good day. You know, pretty much the next day we got up and we were in town from probably 9.30 in the morning till about 9 at night. Oh, no, wow. about 10 at night. That's cool. Um, yeah, just bouncing around. We found this one spot where we just pretty much sat outside and drank for four hours. Good for you guys, um, yeah. And, you know, the weather was perfect. It was like 60 degrees and, you know, did some antiquing Beautiful. and you know, some, some wandering and just, we drank, we pretty much day drank all day. Um, awesome. Yeah. And then Saturday we got up and we did the hike and that was good. It was a little grueling. Yeah, I bet. Um, yeah. Especially after a day we, of day drinking. Yeah. We went up to the summit on accident all the first and we just decided to do the hike like, you know, in a circle backwards. Mm. You know, that was good. I was like, man, let's I'd rather go up first and then go down. Yeah. But he wanted to go down first and then up, you know, so it was about a about a four four hour hike or so. And it was not bad. Yeah. It was about 30 degrees out in the mountain, though. Um, yeah. So but that was good because we were sweating by the end of it. Sure. Um, and it was raining. We got a little bit of that. uh right. 
tropical depression we got that towards the end so yeah man it was it was a good time That's but good. uh you were you were missed and you were uh you were included on all the cheers you were just invisible <laughs> yeah that's and right i would ask your advice on stuff but you weren't there yeah uh, the um the i i ended up so because i wasn't there what did i end up doing all weekend making videos and uploading to youtube that's literally all there I you did. Go. So. there you go at least you got some stuff done. Yeah, it's true. I did get. I, I actually got ahead for like the first time this NFL season, so that's nice. Um, and I continue to be ahead, so it's a, it was actually kind of good, um, to, at least from a work point of view. But boy, is it work! It's a lot of work, but um, it's all good. So hey, um, I, I did stay up. You probably didn't because I know you're probably you know sucking wins. But I stayed up and watched the end of the uh, Clippers and uh, Lakers game, but. What did you think, you know, early season? I mean, I know you, you called Lakers to begin the year. Is that still kind of your uh, prediction? Uh, the yeah, Lakers? man, I'm going to go with them. I think they're going to make some tweaks. They need to they need to sure out that bench a little bit. I think that was the biggest difference in the game. Um, that bench scoring was like something like 69 to like mm. 17 or something. <laughs> you know, you're not going to. You're going to be able to hang in many games if yeah. your bench is no good, especially with, you know, some aging um, players um, right. on your starter. Um, so we'll see how they do. And if they, when Kuzma comes back, if they decide to bring him off the bench and keep starting Danny Green, um, we'll see. So, um, you know, first game of the year, I think, you know, it's extra hype this year, it seems. Yeah. Um, usually first game of the year, you know, teams are still, you know, for usually, Usually first 10, 12 games of the year, teams are still trying to get the rust off and trying to figure their stuff out. Mm -hmm. It kind of seemed like a playoff atmosphere last night, the way they were hyping everything up, you know, even with the, you know, first game and then definitely the Lakers game. Um, they were, it was, it was really hyped. Um, and I get it. It's the two LA teams. They're both, you yeah. know, relevant. Um, it, it'll be a battle this year. So, so I get it, but. You know, it, it takes a little bit of time to get get things worked out. I thought uh, the, my my key takeaway. I actually had two things: is uh, Dwight Howard. I can see how he's going to be useful for them. Um, you know, a little bit just trying to get rebounds and everything. I thought he played okay. And then the other thing I, I saw is um, every, occasionally you'll see this um, with teams, but. Like the Clippers, um, I can't say Kawhi would be included in this, but a lot of the Clippers, like you could see they really wanted that game. Like they, yeah. it meant a lot more to the Clippers to win that LA showdown than it did to the Lakers. And that was my thing. It's like the Lakers, the Lakers just haven't seemed to gel yet. And I don't think they're in any hurry to gel because they know, you know, it's a LeBron team. They know that it's a, it's a long haul. And I think this Clippers team is younger. Again, I'm, I'm not including Kawhi in this, but you know, this team was, you know, the set, what the seven seed last year in the West. Um, right. without these stars and now they have Paul George who of course you know wasn't playing last night but Paul George and and um, Kawhi Leonard who they're adding into the fold and you know I just feel like they they had the juice and they wanted they wanted the victory but I, I didn't take anything away from the game itself like I feel like they, that game is a much different game if that was a playoff game um, I didn't see any intensity from the Lakers not that I care about that it's not a criticism but that's just I just didn't see it and I saw a ton of intensity especially from was it Beverly <laughs> from yeah yeah, from the oh, Clippers, yeah, he's a dog. that dude was he's a dog, man. I like him. I liked him. I, yeah, I, I yeah, love yeah. it. But um, but yeah, that he dude was be, like he wouldn't be in the league if he wasn't that way. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. that's what separates him from probably you know a million other people is you know he he doesn't have all the talent in the world, but uh, he puts it he's out. He's a good there. player and he's feisty as hell. And and, and um, you need that. I think every team needs at least you need one of that. Those guys. You need you need that. And there's so many teams that don't have that. It's just kind of funny that. 
you know, uh, you know, it can be looked at as sometimes a negative to have a guy like that. But I, I always rather have a dog on your team than, you know, than not. That's one of the reasons I always like people like yeah, you and and some other friends would laugh at me. It's one of my favorite Magic players growing up was Andrew DeClerc because whenever <laughs> somebody would try to mix it up with like Tracy McGrady or something, DeClerc would come over there and just like shove him, and he would get in the fights. He was like, you know, he's like, don't you know, don't mess with my teammates. Not to say that he had the intensity of Beverly last night or anything like that, but you could always count on that guy to come in and like you know if somebody was like getting like too um you know like an opposing player was like you know mm-hmm. um you know like, showboating too much or like. They would dunk on somebody and like flex or something like that. The clerk would like give him like a shoulder <laughs> and stare him yeah. down. He was the best. I love that guy. He would always be like, you know, don't don't you know don't bring that stuff to me. It's Andrew the clerk, you know. I just, I just loved it. I love. Yeah, that guy. I mean, like Matt Barnes or uh, Barnes. Uh, yeah, Martin, Barnes is a great. Kenya Martin, you know, those kind of guys are. You hate them you know, if your team a... is playing them, but if he, if right. they're on your team, I mean, they're indispensable. Those kinds of guys, I love those right. guys. Right. So we'll see. I mean, um, it, it, I mean, the Clippers definitely—they're going to be real good, and the the West is packed, mm-hmm. you know. So As you know, always, every right? game yeah. does kind of matter because you know home court for some of these teams are going to mean more than it are is going to be for Los Angeles. They, they've, you know, they're kind of a, you know, a fair weather city as far as you know you got people behind the lakers but it's not like a real intimidating place to play yeah the place like houston utah those kind of places they're, they're really going to be buying for home court mm-hmm. um denver, and, you right, know yeah. definitely in the first couple rounds yeah denver you know um stuff where you can definitely get an advantage from so uh, who played who played toronto last night I can't, for, for the life of me i can't uh, remember pelicans oh yeah and zion's out. oh let's talk about that zion going out i mean I think that, I mean, I don't know that we were the only ones. I don't know it's exactly a hot take, but we kind of called him having some of these injury kind of issues. And my thing with him is, you know, and and we talk about this. We reel on, like, you know, whenever we see, like, a pudgy kicker or punter in the NFL, we kind of reel on these guys. It's like your job literally is to stay in shape. Yeah. And you have nothing but nutritionists and, you know, facilities at your disposal. Like Zion, like you're a great talent, but dude, get in shape, you know? You're too powerful and you're too heavy for your own good. And so he like tears a meniscus. We saw him rip his shoe apart last year. Um yeah. I'm worried for this guy's career. And like he'll he'll be good when he plays, but I've seen this and Sam, like you and I are old enough to to see like these types of players that if they don't really focus on being in great shape, like they could they could easily, you know, play themselves out of the league. It's a, it's a talented league. Well, um, yeah, and the thing is, I mean, he's 19. So, yeah. um, and I think up until this point, he hasn't, he's never really dealt with an injury, you know. So, right. what is, you know, people tell him he's heavy and that his knee, but, I mean, he's never experienced any of it. And right. when you're 19, you kind of, you know, you're doing your own thing. He's pretty much given the keys to the city. He got a mm. huge Jordan deal. I mean, their first, like, you know, in the first two weeks of the season, they have six games that were all on national TV. Um, so, I mean, that wasn't for Lonzo Ball. That's right, for right. Zion Williamson. Right. So, I think, you know, they, they have a – I mean, he's just – he's built a certain way. He walks bow-legged. He's going to have to really, really, really – you know, make sure that he can that he can keep his weight in check um, because he's just a big dude. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to change. No. He still he still looks like he has some baby fat on him, mm-hmm. um, and he's just going to have to really get that off of him. 
And, you know, a meniscus is really no big deal in the in the long term. No, no. You know, scheme yeah. of things. It's just nothing, you know, crazy. He didn't do he did it in a game and didn't really notice anything until about four days later. He's like, Yeah, it just feels kinda weird. Hmm. And they were like, Ah, it's just a precautionary, let's get a, you know, let's get an MRI. And they saw it's a slight tear in the meniscus. You know, he'll actually be better for this because they'll repair it. And usually you don't tear your meniscus again mm. um, once it's surgically surgically repaired. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes for him. I, this is, I guess, best case scenario if he was going to have an early yeah, you right. know, knee injury in his career. Yeah, and right. hopefully he's able to rehab and keep conditioning going while doing that. A lot of pool work and stuff like that. And hopefully they... Uh, they get him on a nice uh, get a get him a chef, get him a nutritionist, and mm-hmm. you know um, they're really just going to have to monitor that, you know, at least for his first couple years until he should talk know, to he should talk to Udonis Haslam, man. That 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 dude was a little yeah. a little on that side coming in the NBA, and then he got himself into shape, had himself a really really good long career. Um, yeah, obviously, you would you have much higher career, ex- all one all one team. Yeah, you know? uh, and yeah, Zion and has much higher expectations, but right. you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, Zion's got more to lose than Udonis Haslam did, and Udonis made that a, you know, a, a key point in his, uh, you know, in, in his career. Right. And, and I, I think, I think Zion will get there, you know, um, and you know, in best case scenario for him to miss, you know, a couple of weeks and just to kind of get into the groove of things uh, and let the team get into the groove of things might not be the worst thing in the world, um, long term for them. Right. Uh, you got anything else to uh, to talk about there, buddy? Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of games starting, you know, slated tonight, you know, as far as all that goes. Um, so, you know, I, I just think we're in the um, the uh, overreaction mm. um, world where people, if, if a team gets off to, uh, you know, one and three or one and four start, we're going to start saying, oh, they're garbage. You know, it's, it takes t- it takes time. Man. Yeah. There's, you know, 82 games in the season. Um, Lots of turnover in this offseason, too. It's going to take a while right. for these teams to really coalesce. So. Right, yeah. We just, we got to, teams teams hit their stride a little bit later these days. So, sure. you know, we got to we gotta let that just play out and happen. Let it simmer, baby. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. Let it simmer. All right, man. Well, I think that's an episode. Everybody out there, uh, you know, comment. Um, definitely subscribe to, to this podcast if you're just catching it for the first time on Apple. Um, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're not watching this, just go there. Go to YouTube.com slash The Underdog. Subscribe. Like some videos. Um, you know, the more you subscribe and uh, interact, the more that we will grow. So we appreciate it. And uh, go out, everybody. Be good. Be good.